We love you, Lord. We love you that not just because of the things that you do, although they're amazing things, and we definitely are experiencing your grace and your freedom this morning. But beyond that, Lord, we love you because it's just the cry of our hearts. It's like you've made us in this way. And we finally experience what it means to be alive when we express our love and gratitude to you. We thank you, Father, for being here among us. Pray that you would continue to speak to us this morning. Help me not to muck it up in any way with what you're wanting to do this morning, Lord. But I ask that you would continue to guide us on our journey of living a life of communion with you. Having that conversational relationship with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, technology is a wonderful thing. Um, My brother, I have, there's three boys in, in my family. I'm the oldest, there's a middle one, and then a younger brother. And uh, the middle brother, he, he moved out to Calgary, Alberta, recently. And uh, my kids love Uncle Jason. They absolutely love Uncle Jason, you know. He plays with them, and they just get really excited whenever he comes over. But now that he's in Calgary, Alberta, I mean, they can't see him that much, right? So it's kind of sad. But it's really neat, though, because we could just go on the Internet, you know, go on Google Chat or whatever, and... Um, there, his face pops up and we see each other and we can connect and, you know, it's like he's right there in the room with us. And when we recently moved and he was unable to come see our house, so I was like, well, here you go. So I walked around with the computer and he's like, there's our, <laughs> there's our kitchen, there's our, you know, it's just so neat that we're able to do this, right? I mean, technology has advanced so quickly and I don't think we could have imagined doing that like even 20 years ago. I don't know, maybe, but maybe not, right? I don't think so. But it's just amazing how technology has given us the ability to connect. Um, and uh, yeah, but the great irony of our modern world, even though we have this great ability to connect and stay connected, I mean, through Facebook, I have friends that I've met in middle school. That I probably, if it wasn't for Facebook, I'd probably never see them again in my life, but I have them as friends. They're there. I could connect with them if I wanted to, you know. We have the ability to connect and stay connected. But even though we have that, there is a growing sense of loneliness within the modern psyche, uh, within the psyche of the modern person. The Globe and Mail published an article in November 2013. This is what it says. They wrote this. More Canadians than ever live alone, and almost one quarter describe themselves as lonely. In the United States, two studies showed that 40% of people say they're lonely, a figure that has doubled in 30 years. Now, Mother Teresa once said this about loneliness. Um, She said, there's two quotes that she has. Number one, this is what she said. The most terrible poverty is loneliness and the feeling of being unloved. She also said, loneliness is the leprosy of the modern world. 
It's interesting. More and more people in our day and age are faced with a deep sense of inner alienation. Now, although one could probably feel lonely or alienated uh, when there's in the lack of personal relationships, when there's, you know, there's not anyone around, um, people perhaps could feel lonely in those circumstances, but the despair of feeling lonely can even exist in a marriage. It can even exist in a family unit. It can even exist in the presence of many people. In those circumstances, people could still feel lonely. I believe one of the main causes of loneliness in the midst of others, so one of the main causes of loneliness within the marriage or within a friendship or family unit is a breakdown of communication. When a husband and a wife are in the same space, but they're not talking to each other for some reason, there can be this sense of loneliness in that space. When a brother or a sister who is not speaking to you for whatever reason, there can be a sense of loneliness even if you're in each other's presence. Or perhaps there's a friend that you've been chatting with, I mean, every day, for years, this friend has talked, called you on the phone, all of a sudden stops doing that. We could suddenly start to feel a sense of loneliness. And the most important relationship in the world is the one you have with God. And if there's a breakdown in communication there, you will feel loneliness. And in that state of loneliness, it will be almost as if you were back in that place before you even met God. We can get to that place as followers of Jesus. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 12 says this, Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. You see, Paul's talking to the Ephesian church, and he's reminding them, this is where you were, spiritually, this is where you were, before Christ, alienated, separated, they were strangers, they had no hope without God. That is what we feel when we don't have God in our lives, It's this sense of alienation, this sense of loneliness. But once a person discovers God through Christ Jesus, that inner turmoil, that despair of loneliness, it vanishes, and that person enters into a personal relationship with the God of the universe. St. Augustine wrote this, you have made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until they find rest in you. I love that quote. I think I've said that a few times here at Trinity. You have made us for yourself. And our hearts are restless until they can find rest in you. We were created for a relationship with God. And Jesus Christ came to restore that relationship with God. Ephesians 2.13 says this, But now in Christ Jesus... You who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. We have been brought near to God. God is near us. We are near God. But there are times in our lives where even though God is near, we know that intellectually, we feel like he is a million miles away. 
And there's many different reasons for this. And in that time, there seems to be, it seems like there's no communication going on between us and God. The truth, though, is this, that God wants to communicate with us. God actually wants to communicate with you. Often the case is that we get distant from God. Now, it might be consciously we distance ourselves. Other times it's unconsciously. We distance ourselves by getting busy. You know, I need to confess something to you. There are times when I, I sometimes I do uh, work at home. And so, like, I just sit in my room there and I'm, I'm typing away. Uh, usually when I'm, when I'm there, you know, thoughts come on what I'll preach. Um, and so I, I, I sit there typing. And um, oftentimes my kids will just burst into the room and they're excited about something. You know, maybe they drew a picture and they want to show me or something at school that they learned, they want to show me. And and, and I'll be working away and they're talking. They're talking to me. But I don't hear anything that they're saying. I actually do not hear the words that are coming out of their mouths. Have you you ever experienced anything like that? Or am I the only one that is like this? Thank thank you, Chris. Thanks. I feel a little bit better. (laughs) It's true. I'm so occupied, preoccupied with my sermon or an email or just something, my work, whatever it might be, a book that I'm reading, I actually do not hear what someone is saying. We can actually get into that kind of a place. So what I need to do then is, is put down that book. I need to turn off that computer, turn my cell, cell phone on silent, which, by the way, if, for those, there's people who try to connect, you know, elders, deacons, Tim, if you're trying to connect with me, it's because I, my phone's on silent. Sorry, I forget to put it off silent. But, you know, sometimes we need to do that, right, in order to be able to engage in conversation, and, and, and in my case, with my kids, you know. So just, just turn off all the distractions and give them that time. Nowadays, my kids like to come up to me and show me a magic trick, you know. Look, Dad, where's the coin in my hand? I'm like, that one. Nope. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, wow, cool. So, you know, and, and I just engage in that kind of a thing with them, and it makes them so happy, you know. They're, they're in my presence. They're with their dad. And, um, right, but I need to turn off the distractions. It's a choice that I need to make. I make that choice. And the same It's the same way with God. We need to make that choice. James chapter 4 verse 8 says this, Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Revelation chapter 3 verse 20 says this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Jesus is there. He's knocking. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door... I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. I love this last one. I love that verse. He says, if anyone hears my voice. God is speaking to us. God speaks to us. He's speaking to you. He's speaking to me. And he speaks to us in order to draw us closer 
to himself. What we need to do then is posture ourselves in order to be able to hear what he's saying. How do we do that? I'm so glad you asked that question. Habakkuk chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, you could turn there. Habakkuk chapter 2. Very odd book and name. Often it's hard to find. uh, Because, you know, for me it was, because I hardly ever read the book of Habakkuk. But uh, it's somewhere in the Old Testament there. Okay, Habakkuk chapter 2, and this is what it says. I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. There I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. Then the Lord said to me, write my answer. Okay, Habakkuk was a prophet. Um, Prophets, generally, when we hear that word, we think they're people who hear God, right? And and this is what he writes in in Habakkuk chapter 2. And I believe there are some keys here that show us how we can posture ourselves to be able to hear God communicate with us. First thing Habakkuk says is this, I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. Okay, so here is Habakkuk. By faith, he is going up to a watchtower. He's going to a place where he is high above the distractions in his life. Okay? So he's going up there by faith. So the first thing we need to do in order to posture ourselves to hear from God is to go to a place where we can remove distractions. Be at a place where those distractions will not be. For us, that might be to go to our room. It might be like a little office maybe you have in your, room, in your house or um, wherever. You can go for a walk in the woods. That's actually something I, I enjoy doing. Um, my office is sometimes in the woods where I meet with God. I talk, you know, bring my dog. I actually really enjoy those times and um, I sense the Lord leading me in those times. Basically, it's a, cl- a quiet place where we can go to let go of distractions. You know, it's also about turning off our phones turning off our computers, our TVs, and things like that, things that just uh, add to noise. We just, we turn those things off, and in faith, we position ourselves to hear God. And then Habakkuk says this, then I will wait to see what the Lord says. He waits. He waits in expectation to hear God. God often calls us to wait upon him. How many of you know that waiting is a spiritual discipline? Okay? It absolutely is. The other day, not long ago, I was uh, just driving and I felt like I wanted to have a Tim Hortons double-double because they roll up the rim now and I want to win the, you know, the Toyota Camry. It would be nice. <laughs> Another coffee would be nice too. But anyways, so this is, how I, this is how my thought process happens in my mind, okay? It just let you into my mind a bit. I'm driving. I want a medium double-double. So in my mind, I think I'm going to pull up. Medium double-double, please. Thank you. And I go. Okay? That's my thought. Drive up. Medium double-double. Thank you. And I go. Okay? I get there. There's like 10 cars in line waiting. And I'm like, what? It just, this can't be happening. 
Is like every single person in Waterloo going to this Tim Hortons for a coffee? And I get all flustered and I don't know what, what's going on. I get angry sort of sometimes. I get angry. It's, it's the weirdest thing. Waiting, it actually doesn't come naturally to me. I wonder if any of you could relate with me on that one. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, yeah. Waiting brings out the stuff in me that needs to be gone, that I need to deal with. Waiting often does that, right? Sometimes God calls us to wait for him because there is stuff that needs to be made right before we could even hear him, before we could even hear what he has to say. Have you ever met somebody? You know, I'll be honest, I I can be like this too, where, you know, you you meet someone, they're they're living their life kind of in in a... in a disastrous way, really. And uh, maybe they're full of uh, their own self-inflatedness. They have a way of living out their lives that's really not beneficial to anyone. And and you go to that person, you want to just tell them, yeah, maybe you shouldn't do that. Or maybe you shouldn't talk that way. But it's like they have fingers in there. They can't hear. They, They just, they can't hear I I mean, I I can be that way. And and God, you know, has to deal with some of that stuff in me before I could even hear what he has to say. You know, to deal with some of the pride and some of the um, issues that are going on in the heart, anger, frustration, these things, God deals with those things. And until I deal with those things, it's, it's very difficult to hear from God. Right? God calls us to wait because at times we're unable to hear due to the stuff that's in us. And you know what's interesting? I I found out that God actually, oftentimes when he does communicate with me, he communicates the things that's there. That's what he wants to work on. Communicates on those things. Now, why did you react that way, James? Why did this situation make you go, what happened there? What was your thinking process? What happened there? Let's go back. I'm like, well, Lord, you know, and I'll go out, go for a walk. Well, Lord, you know, this person made me feel this way. Da, da, da. And it's like, well, how do you think that person feels in this situation? And I begin to reflect on that and almost put myself in the other person's shoes. And I begin to think a bit. And then, you know what happens? I end up repenting because I was the one that had issues there. Okay, forgive me, Lord. Right? So oftentimes God calls us to wait so that we can deal with some things. But then, after that wait time comes, he suddenly speaks. Psalm 62, verse 5 says this, My soul, wait in silence for God only, for my hope is from him. Love that. I love the Psalms. Wait, for, wait in silence for God only, for my hope is from him, from God. It's from God. Finally, after climbing to the watchtower, standing at the guard post and waiting to hear what God will say, finally God speaks to Habakkuk. And this is what he says, write my answer. So the last key that I want to talk about is writing, journaling. So uh, that's why we gave each of you, if you don't have one, they're on the back table there. It's like a little black Trinity Church journals. Um, I, this is one of the, I mean, I don't do this a lot, but 
when I do, it, it brings a lot of nourishment to my soul when I'm able to uh, sit and wait upon the Lord, maybe read some scripture and just write down what, I'm, what it's saying to me, what God is saying to me. And so I have a, I have a journal as well, and, and it's something that uh, I want to encourage each and every one of us to start doing. Because as you write, as you sit and wait upon the Lord, and as you begin to write, sometimes a scripture verse will come to your mind, or sometimes as you're reading, a, a scripture verse will just jump out. Write that down. Why did it jump out to you? Write those things down. And then as you write, you'll, you, you'll begin to realize that insights will start to flow. And you start writing it down, writing it down. And before you know it, sometimes you'll fill pages on, in your journal. And God is speaking, communicating things to you. And now you have it on record what it was that he said. And so that's why I believe God called uh, Habakkuk to write down what he was saying. So he would have a record. And now we do. We have a record of what Habakkuk uh, received from God. Here's an example of how this just this happened to me. So this happened uh, just over a week ago. Um, so I was sitting and going through what I was going to preach on Sunday, last Sunday, because this was last Sunday's sermon. Um, anyway, so I was, I was sitting waiting upon the Lord and, and I was reading Habakkuk. And Habakkuk is just one of those books that I just forget about. You know, it's, it's, it's a short, you know, Old Testament prophet that, I don't know, for some reason I don't think to look and read Habakkuk, right? So, but for this sermon, Habakkuk was uh, kind of the main sermon or the main verse so I, I looked at it and I was like you know what Habakkuk's only three chapters I'll just read through the whole thing so I went through chapter one chapter two and I got to chapter three and this is what it said in chapter three verse two Lord I have heard of your fame I stand in awe of your deeds Lord repeat them in our day in our time, make them known. And I froze when I wrote, read this. Almost to the point where I was like, should I just preach on this? This is a totally different topic, but should I just preach on this? It just, it was such a, it hit me. We've been singing a song at, at Trinity Church uh, during our worship. And we didn't sing it this morning, but we've been singing it for a little while now. The King is Among Us. And in it, it says, all the Father saw... All the stories, all the Father saw in the days of old, would you do it again? Do it again. All the miracles, all the stories told, all the miracles, would you do it again? Would you do it again? We need your revival. We've been singing that, and I'm telling you, when I lead that song, I, 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 I pray it. It's, I, I'm, it's not a performance. It's, God, we need you. We've heard of what you've done. I believe what's in here. I believe everything that is in here. I believe you can do it again. And so I was just in this moment where God was just, it was almost like he was waiting to speak to me. I'm looking at Habakkuk 3. <gasps> We've been singing this song and the words are right there. Whoa, God, that's so cool. And all of a sudden, I just had this thought turn to my left, right? Just turn my head to my left. And I did that and I was on my bed just sitting, sitting like this. And I noticed that there was a pile of books on my, on my nightstand. You know, Allie's been rearranging our home a bit, and 
We're still unpacking. Um, takes a while, I guess, right? Anyway, we were still unpacking. She, she put some books just randomly um, on my bedside table because there's times where, you know, during our downtime, we'll just we'll sit in our room together and she'll read her book and I'll read mine. And um, she just randomly put books on my night table. And this was the book that was on top of all the books, right? One divine moment, the account of the Asbury Revival that happened in 1970. It was right on top. I was like, oh, cool. And I just thought, oh, I'll just read it. You know, I'll just read a couple pages. A couple pages turned into a couple chapters. And I just sat there reading. And I was like, whoa. I just read Habakkuk 3. And it's saying, Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. Repeat them in our day. In our time, make them known. And here's this book talking about what he did in 1970, a mighty move of his spirit on Asbury College campus. The students were praying for revival, and God just, boom. They had a chapel service that lasted 185 hours, right? Eight days, eight-ish days, I guess. Um, My math is not that great, so if it's wrong, sorry. But I think it's around eight days, straight, 24 hours a day for eight days, a chapel service. And people from all across America started coming and they filled, they filled the chapel. Um, people were coming, encountering God, repenting and, and just getting right with God, experiencing God's love. And, and, and this is a book accounting some of those, um, what the students wrote of what they experienced, right? And it talks about, you know, experiencing the love of God. A lot like what we were doing this morning in worship, actually, you know, experiencing freedom from fear and experiencing the tangible love and grace of God. And these students were just undone. And, and, and although it only lasted 185 days at Asbury College, it actually jumped out and started affecting college campuses all across America and even in Canada. And there was a mighty move of God's Spirit then. And in that moment, I wrote in my journal this whole thing that was taking place. As I was reading Habakkuk, I came to Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 2. And all of a sudden, I felt the Lord was speaking to me. Then I, this is right there. I start reading about it. And now my heart is stirred. Do it again. Lord, I know you can do it again. And it was almost as if God was saying, Oh, I'm going to do it again. You pray. Every major move of God began with prayer. It is the constant in every move of God, everywhere. It started with prayer. I, and I just had this sense. God was calling. I mean, I, I do. This is something I can't get rid of. But God was calling, and especially during our time of 40 days of prayer and fasting that we're doing for Lent, God calling us, I believe, not just myself, but, but as our church, to pray. Because he's going to do it again. He's going to move in a mighty way. And we're going to see people coming back to him and living passionate, sold-out lives for Jesus. So I want to encourage you this morning during this Lenten season that as you are diving into the Word, as you're praying, ask the Lord to speak to you. Have your journal in hand. 
And if, the word come, if a word comes to you as you're, as you're reading through a word, you know, it's not about you know, how much you read. It might be a verse, just like Habakkuk 3.2. If something just jumps out at you, write it down. And ask the Lord to speak to you. What are you saying through this? And begin to journal that. Once you discover that God is actually wanting to have a conversational relationship with you, you will begin to grow in your walk with God, encountering His presence in your life. And any subtle feelings of loneliness or despair will melt away. Just as St. Augustine put it, our hearts are restless until they rest in God. So church... May you discover God's nearness during this Lenten season. May you discover that He is near. May you in faith seek God and find Him when you seek Him with all your heart. May God's voice become clearer and clearer as He draws you closer to Himself. And may our walk with God grow deeper in communion with Him in the days weeks, and months ahead. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you once again for your presence here with us. Um, That was a really neat moment during worship, Lord, and we ask that you would do that again more in our lives as we go home, as we uh, live out our lives this week, Lord God, that you would meet us in ways that stun us with your love. We thank you for your amazing love, your amazing grace for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.